Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Hello and welcome to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Jeff Spinard. I'm your co-host, Ryan Treasure. And we have a very special guest with us. Uh, Michelle P.W. is a national speaker and best-selling author and writer of nine books. She is best known for her work centered on creating a love-based business. Michelle's love-based copywriting books teach people how to write copy that attracts, inspires, and invites. When Michelle was three years old, she taught herself to read because she wanted to write stories so badly. As you can imagine, writing has been a driving passion throughout her life. She became a professional copywriter, which is writing promotional materials for businesses, which led to her founding a copywriting and marketing company that serves clients all over the world. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Michelle P.W. Michelle, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the show. It's it's really good to have you on, on air. Finding Your Frequency... Uh, has always been about the journey. It's the how, it's the why. Uh, take us back a little bit uh, to the beginning, uh, getting prepared. You know, you were very young when you enjoyed reading and writing was your passion. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I didn't even enjoy reading because I was so young. I was three. Um, I, I couldn't read. And, um, but I, I wanted to, I remember, I remember how frustrated I was. It was actually a, a time of kind of frustration because I, what I would do is because I couldn't, I, I had these stories that I wanted to capture, um, but I couldn't, I didn't have words. So I would use pictures, but the problem was, so I would draw these pictures out I, um, and I would use, um, I was so little, like I didn't really, I couldn't, well, I'm not much of a drawer, even though I was an adult, but I had these uh, what we called happy face fighters, which looked more like sons with little legs around them. And I would have happy face or sad face, depending if the story was happy or sad. But I realized that I was missing nuances, and I—I I mean, I, I wouldn't—I didn't wouldn't have known that word, but I was so frustrated. So I remember sitting there over and over with this book, um, Old Hat, New Hat, and just sitting with that book. The book was memorized, and I just kept going. So I knew the I, I had I had so memorized, you know, that I had I knew what what words were on which page, but and then I would sit there and say the words and um, that I'd memorize and look at the words on the page until I finally taught myself how to read that way. Mm. So that's it was just driving force because I wanted so much to be able to capture my stories and not do it in a way just using pictures and so my you, happy. You taught pictures. yourself how to read when you were right. three. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was very determined. So, so then I, I really wanted to get that. <laughs> I love the uh, creating the visual side of things. So, yeah, absolutely. Nothing wrong with a good stick figure. 
Yes, I know. I, I <laughs> you know, those happy face spiders ended up everywhere. So yep. they were. I still have some to this day around me. So they're very, they're very happy. So continue about your story and kind of, uh, you know, let us uh, uh, know what happened after that. And you had taught yourself to read and you're 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 working on capturing your story and, and getting that out there. What what part of that led you uh, into the passion of the career that you're in? So I, I became a, a voracious reader um, uh, growing, you know, when I was young, you know, reading books far above my age. And um, and then when I and because I was I, I knew I've always known I wanted to be a writer. So when I was in high school, I was trying to figure out um, what to do to make money while I wrote my books. And um, everybody told me to be a journalist. And I said, I am absolutely not going to be a journalist. So, uh, but at, that was what everybody knew. Everybody knew journalism uh, or a nonfiction author or a fiction author. Nobody really had any, any sense of other types of writing. So it was in my 20s that I really discovered this whole wacky world of uh, copywriting or writing, you know, writing promotional materials for businesses, nothing to do with putting a copyright or protecting intellectual property. And from there, I realized I had a knack for writing copy, especially something called direct response copy, mm. which what that means is the copy is uh, your, the, your ideal prospects are directly responding to the copy. So these are things like emails that have you click on a link or an opt-in page, you know, a page where you have to put in your name and email in order to get a free gift, you know, like a video series or a, a free book or a free chapter of a book um, or a sales page. And those are those pages that you're scrolling down forever online wondering who reads these things and <laughs> what is the price. Um, so all of that uh, is are examples of direct response copy. So your your direct response copy was basically the the tool that caused a conversion on the page, right? So your people read your copy and they go, "Oh, this is good or this is not good or it's good but it doesn't resonate with me and it either converts or does not convert, right? So did you live in a world of conversions? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you, you kind of have to with the direct response. And that's the, that's the kind of the cool thing, because I mean, there's there's similarities, it's kind of parallel tracks between fiction and direct response. And no, you know, I had people used to say that's because you're making things up for advertising. And no, it's not, <laughs> I'm not making it. It's not about making things up. It's about um, you're creating an environment. So on the direct response copy side, the environment you're creating is a buying environment for, and making it easy for your for your, your ideal prospects, not just anybody, but your ideal prospects to say yes. Where on the fictional side, you're creating kind of, you know, a fictional dream where your readers are willingly, to, you know, willing to suspend reality and disbelief in order to enter your fictional world. But if you um, violate the norms too much in that fictional world, you're going to throw your reader out of it. So they both have different, obviously there's a different endpoint, you know, different result, a different reason why they're doing it, but it's, it, you're still creating an experience with using words. Was there a, uh, a path you took? Uh, was there college involved? Uh, what was the educational factor here? Yes, I, I went to college and I and I became and I and I took um, I was a double major in English and communications, which seems typical. However, I was also almost a sociology major, and I was I was fascinated with sociology. And I um, finally I was so I was I was for for a few years I was actually going for a triple major until I remember sitting there thinking I'm never going to get out of school if I try and do this. So I dropped the sociology. All this stuff that you told me, I'm in my head. I'm like, I'm never going to send her an email. 
She's gonna she's gonna look at my copy and just you like yeah oh yeah it's gonna be like red lines all over the place. Everybody worries about that, but no, I don't, I don't. But sociology is actually most the most helpful because believe it or not, you know, sociology is the study of human behavior. But that's really what you're doing for direct response copy is like you're 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 persuading. I mean, it's all about persuasion. It's all about persuading people to take action. So you so you're you know you're persuade you're, you're it's you're trying to get people to act a certain way. So understanding human behavior is very valuable to that and then I almost got a master's degree I, t I finished all my coursework I just didn't finish my thesis which of course is funny as a writer uh, in, yeah, right. in agricultural journalism actually I was in Madison Wisconsin so I didn't go to regular journal school or went to agriculture journalism school because of course in Madison in Wisconsin they have an ag school mm -hmm. yep yep so nine books you've written nine books uh, Tell us a little bit about the, the books that you've written. So I started with the nonfiction. And so I wrote, so I started, actually, that's not true. I, I did have two fiction books, um, but I published those um, after I started writing nonfiction. So I do, so four of the books are, are fiction. They're psychological thrillers, mysteries, kind of suspense, got some romance like and paranormal and a, um, kind of a big genre mixing. And then on the, uh, the nonfiction side, um, I write about copywriting, uh, marketing, goals, um, money, that type of thing. So it's like it's a whole business series that's called Love Based Business because I kind of, um, one of the things that happened as a copywriter, um, I had a lot of people saying to me, you know, they, they really hated the salesy, inauthentic, the, you know, the way a lot of traditional uh, sales copy made them feel. So uh, and they asked me to come up with something new. And I ended up, and at first I said, absolutely not. There's plenty of good copywriting books out there. I don't need to be writing anything more. But eventually um, I realized why traditional direct response copy felt that way. It was because it was tapping into fear. Remember, it's all about persuasion. Mm -hmm. So you can persuade with fear. You can persuade with love. So um, I've, I, was, I've, I have since been teaching how you can persuade with love. And so all my books are love-based. So love-based copy, love-based marketing, love-based business. So nice. What what book would you say performed the best? Well, the fiction you sell a lot more. You just do um, because there's just more, far more fiction readers out there sure. than there are nonfiction, and it, it's so it's interesting because there's um, far far more nonfiction books published than fiction books, but there are far more fiction readers than nonfiction readers. So um, good story. So fiction. Yeah. Yeah, it, like it, the Stolen Twins. So far, that's the the first book I published. That's definitely that was that was actually a bestseller. I got number one um, in teens and young adults. Um, it's a new it's a new adult book. It's in the new adult category, I should say. Okay. So uh, that's that's been the bestseller, and that still sells pretty well today. Um, the new series it, it just came out a few months ago, but it's it's doing quite well. Um, I I just uh, won an award with one of them. And so, th so that's good. And then the nonfiction the side, the copywriting books sell the yep. best, but still the, the, the sales for the nonfiction are nowhere near the sales of the fiction. <laughs> yep. yep. So you obviously have uh, a passion for literacy 
Uh, and, you know, one of the things, you know, Jeff and I always like to touch base on, especially with, you know, finding a frequency and, and creating content that, you know, let allow people to tell their stories and such. But, you know, also like to give the listeners a little takeaway, especially, you know, with you being a, a, such a young reader, you know, at three years old and, and, and getting those stories. Do you have, you know, any tips or anything that you could give out to our listening audience about, uh, you know, readiness for young adults or young kids in the literacy category? So I, I do believe in reading to your kids because I, I do think that that's one of the things that can really help. Like my sisters, I don't have children, but my um, both my sisters have have kids, and that that act of reading to them. I mean, they they are readers, and I think it's because especially my one sister was very vigilant about reading to them as when they were young. So I do think getting them interested that way, and uh, and not just doing always doing the easy way we're out which is plopping from the tv i mean there's certainly a time and space for that so i'm not saying don't plop them from the tv but um but Mine gets plopped in front of the tv to learn sight words <laughs> yeah and also video games too so and there's nothing wrong with video games but it's just you know everything in moderation and so also taking your time to read to them i think can really uh help as well and and it's i think it's also better for their brain because you know you use your brain more when you're read to than you do watching tv i don't know about computer games but um but you use your brain a lot more so it i think it also can stimulate young minds and help them um just help them have better brain development although i say that with no scientific that's just me (laughs) that's just my 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 very biased opinion there you go there you go now, Ryan, do you read a lot to your daughter? Yeah, daily. Okay. Yeah. And do you find that a stimulating time for her? Does she learn a lot? Does she absorb? Yeah, she definitely has taken a liking to uh, to reading. And now that she can, you know, she she's five, so she reads herself now. And so now we uh, have a little game that we play is who's reading to who each day. And, you know, and so sometimes it's, a, oh, Dad, I don't really want to read a story, but I want you to read it to me. You know, and so I don't really argue and say, no, you're learning to read. Yeah, you right. read it. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool give and take where sometimes she reads to me and sometimes I read to her. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Do you uh, do you work with uh, children? Um, I, I've got I, not really. Um, I do Her have um, I'm pretty active. I'm a pretty <laughs> active aunt. Uh, so like my niece, I actually put my niece, my 16-year-old niece, um, to work in my business. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> as well as her mother, my sister. Nice. So it is a family affair. And my husband is also working in the business too. So yeah, so I don't have kids, but but yet. Um, They're probably I, afraid of your red pen too. You everybody employed. Yeah. <laughs> well, my niece, uh, Mary, I, I, I use her for graphics. She's actually very. There you um, go. She's yeah. She's she's actually very. She's got very good instincts. I mean, she's she's 16, so you know, some you have to tweak some of the stuff and, and work with her. But and I also love the fact that I'm able to kind of show her an entrepreneurial path and all and all the kids an entre- entrepreneurial path. Uh, Auntie Michelle teaching the kids. Exactly. That's yeah, an, it. Uh, yeah. My sister uh, says, yeah, I'm, I have to do my Auntie Michelle work now. So that's yeah. what it's called over there. <laughs> That's cool that you have the whole family involved in in, yeah. in 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 your business and the writing and all that kind of stuff. Are you still? I know you're writing now. You said your tenth book. You're working on that now. Um, what other than your writing are you doing? Are you working with companies on marketing and copywriting and kind of what what are you doing in that space now? 
Yes. Yeah, so I still have my copywriting company. So I, it's a done with you copywriting company. And so that, so it, which is exactly what it, what it sounds like, you know, we'll actually write the copy and do the marketing strategy for you. So that is still there. And, and then obviously the books are done are do it yourself. But, and then I also have a school, uh, love based copy school, which is a, a done with you copywriting program. So, uh, which is which is if you want to do it yourself, but then you want to have like uh, you know you want to learn to do it or just do most of the writing yourself, but have somebody like me and my copy coaches actually be available for questions, um, for critiquing, that kind of thing. What, so, we, what, tell we me really what a copy coach is. What's that. a copy coach? That sounds interesting. So it's 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 not like a it's it's probably more akin to like the sports coaching like you know Tiger Woods gets coaches that are real specific um you know like for his you know his golf swing or whatever right. I don't know anything about golf but, but uh, you know I, I know at one point he had you know, two he or three to swing coaches the club, so. <laughs> so I'm guessing he had really drilled drawn down very specific cuz I don't uh, coaching for that so it's 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 like so it's coaching a skill so copywriting is very much a skill and it's very much a skill that can be taught and there is some art to it obviously but um, but you know so it's, it's kind of part art part science but it is still overall a skill so having somebody else be able to look at copy um, who's you know first of all having just having the objectivity um, even if you are a very good copywriter writing your own copy can um, feel overwhelming you can also miss the mark because you're so stuck in your own perspective perspective you forget about your clients so having that outside person who is not at all attached to any of this be able to look at that and say you know what um you know I, this is not you know i don't think this angle is really going to resonate with your your ideal clients can be extremely helpful and then also being able to say okay so you know your headlines need work you know your story needs work um you know so you know you know you could you could use this you know your offer could be tightened up so just having that outside a pair of eyes looking yeah, totally, at it is totally. really valuable yeah i think it's extremely valuable it's always it's always nice to get somebody from the outside uh, who really, you know, has nothing to do but to give you the the right critique? Uh, I can see that being uh, invaluable. So the you the ninth book that you have, uh, when did that? When did you put that out? So the okay, so the five copywriting books. The fifth book was Love Based Goals, and I I put that one out. What year is it? Twenty nineteen. <laughs> I guess that was the end of twenty seventeen. So like December of twenty seventeen, and then I haven't gone back to nonfiction books because I haven't quite figured out what my I, I keep playing around with what the next book will be, and I haven't landed on that. Um, on the fiction side, I came. I've got a three book, except I think it's actually going to be four book. Uh, series again it's a psychological thriller mystery suspense romance some paranormal and that book came out the first book in the series came out in September of 2018 second book came out in November and I am working on the third book which I um, hope to have out I was hoping to have out May but it's probably gonna be what, more like what's June the name what's the name yeah. of the series of We're that gonna, book yeah yeah and how do we get it because I'm interested in what you're saying because I like all of those yeah that's all the stuff that Angie reads yeah, to right. my wife she's into uh, she probably goes through uh, uh, she's a very literate human being she probably reads three or four books a week 
Oh wow! Yeah. I wish I could read that That's much, but um, I, I I I I read more like three books a month, which is still pretty good, but it's not as much. Actually, as I'd she like. does. She's in, she's in the office and she's got the Kindle. You yeah, know, she she audio, runs Audible uh, twenty four hours a day, seven yep. days a week too. <laughs> so the, the it's the the name of the series is the Secrets of Redemption series, and the first book is It Began with a Lie. And that book actually just won the Paranormal Romance Guild's Reviewer's Choice Award. And it very also nice. won second for the Reviewer's Choice series. So that's very cool. Well, cool. And the second book is This Happened to Jessica. And both of those books are out and on Amazon and uh, in, in on Kindle and in physical books. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't have audiobooks yet. If she wants audiobooks, The Stolen Twin, I do have an audio version of The Stolen Twin out. Well, if you need help making yeah, some audiobooks, I'm sure we can help you we out can with help that. You out there. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might. <laughs> so all of your books, um, are you are you using like a big publishing company or are you self-publishing? Uh, or how, How's that work in your world? Yes, so um, I started a publishing company, Love Based Publishing, and all the books are under there. And so I'm really just, and, and I'm also moving to, like with the, on the nonfiction side, I'm um, also inviting other authors to publish in the Love Based Business Series. Nice. So I do have actually one book right now published by an author who is not me, uh, Sean Driscoll. She, it's Love Based Business Models, and we're working with another author. And actually, she's in Phoenix, Tree Skelly, um, who is working, who is right now, we're going to be hopefully launching her book later this year. Very nice. Very nice. So book 10, what is book 10 about? So book 10 is the third book in the series, and I think it's going to call the I think it's going to be called the evil that was done, although I kept wanting to change it, but I think the title, the book is telling me that's what the title is. And so it's the third book in the, sort of the series, um, which it takes place in Wisconsin, a town called Redemption. That's why it's the secret of Redemption. Redemption, right. Oh, I can, this is right up our alley. <laughs> uh, this is cool. This yeah. Is cool. It's a haunted house, but maybe it's not haunted. It's all very creepy and... <laughs> I like love all that. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Jeff and I, we we did a paranormal, uh, yes. like a research thing that we did. Uh, it was on, a TV show yeah, called Believers. Believers. Yep, yep. Oh. Where we stayed at a haunted house. It was up in uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Jerome. It was Jerome. up in Jerome. Yeah. Jerome. Yeah, we stayed at. It was the Ghost City Inn. So outside of the. Uh, uh, a sane asylum there are several other places that were former bed and breakfast type of places from the you know early 1900s and late 1800s and uh yeah we stayed at one of the places that was, was supposed to be haunted and yeah. I, I was the cameraman on that particular journey as we were producing this television series and let me tell you there was a time where i was standing with my back <laughs> to a bathroom um, and of course, all the lights are out. All, it, yeah, I mean, we have EVPs going, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I, all of a sudden, the temperature dropped; like yeah. it felt like twenty well, degrees. We, that's because <laughs> we were sitting in the room. It was it was all pitch black, and we were asking questions uh, like, "Jake, are you here?" And you know, when you start asking the questions, and Ryan's got the camera, and I believe you were just moving past the door, and somebody asked a specific question about are you in the bathroom and then and that's what when happened the, and, and that's when the it went 20 degrees yeah. cold and i felt something touch my back yeah. and i literally yeah. jumped like eight feet in the air <laughs> all you hear is whoa <laughs> 
it was it was well, a fun. It's so, it's so funny. I've got a um. I've I've actually become kind of an amateur ghost hunter myself ah, because nice. I created a whole new episodes of Believers. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, on the on my blog. Um, if you go to mpwnovels.com, I've got Riley the uh the Adventures of Riley Longhill Ghost Hunter. And so what I did was I actually went to real life. I started here in Prescott, and I go to real life. I went to the Hacienda and oh yeah, I've been there. And uh, took some pictures and then actually fictionalized it because see the ghost. I mean, you actually had an experience, but sometimes the ghosts don't appear. So mm-hmm. this way, I'll, I could actually fictionalize it and have yeah. um, make sure the ghosts behave. So yeah. that's that. Anyways, I, it's a little serial thing that I've got on my so blog. So you said Hasayampa. That's so funny. I have a story about the Hasayampa. My wife and I, uh, we stayed there. Uh, we. Uh, from time to time there's like bands and stuff that play in downtown Prescott and so we'll go you know up there to you know spend a weekend or something like that and we have you know aunts and uncles so there's someone to watch the kid and mom and dad can go have a nice night out and we decided we were going to stay at the Hasa Yampa Inn that night because we had a little bit too much to drink and I'm like let's not drive back to Chino Valley we'll just get a hotel that one was right there on the corner so then we go get a room and I'm walking to the hotel and there's nobody in there Right, there's cars everywhere, and I'm like, this is really weird. Why is there nobody there? I'm standing at the counter. It's like ten o'clock at night, you know. And then finally, this woman comes from behind the counter and starts to do the check-in procedures, and she disappears. And I look over, and there's these chairs in the foyer. And if you've ever looked at a chair, right, when somebody's sitting in it, it depresses right, down. Right. All the, all the chairs had depressions in the seats, like somebody was sitting there, but there was nobody there. Right, so I really? took I took note of that at first, and I'm like, that is really weird that there's like like there's, right. there's butt prints in the chairs, but there's nobody <laughs> Have they there. Use that much. So then I'm yeah, that's initially what I had thought. So then we get our our key and we go up to our room and. I don't know. We're watching some TV. An hour goes by. I start hearing like kids laughing and people running up and down the hallways. And, you know, like you're like, what is going on? It's like 1030, 11 yeah. o'clock at night. I'm going to go to sleep. And I'm, right, I'm thinking people are having a party. I'm kind of, you know, a little upset. I go to open the door to like tell these kids that I'm here and to like stop running up and down. There's nobody in the hallway. Not one and human being. Hear anything. I hear nothing as soon as the door opens, man. And I'm freaked out. So then I go downstairs and I'm like, want to go tell the lady. And right. she's like. Sir, there's only four guests in the whole hotel. <laughs> and no kids. Uh, and no kids. And I was just like, oh, man. So I had a, a, a definite experience at the Hasayampa and then woke up the next morning, go downstairs, and I'm like, the chairs. Oh, yeah. All right. No depressions in the morning. Okay. Day no. was. Yeah, it was it was the weirdest thing. I was like ready to just get the heck out of that hotel at that point. <laughs> All the kids were sitting downstairs waiting for you to go upstairs. Apparently, Apparently. Right. but yeah, it, it was definitely a freaky situation. I would definitely film an uh, uh, an episode of Believers yeah. at that place. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, we should get that. So going. yeah, I, I know about Faith. I never heard about the kids. So that's that's anyway. So that's I I I I know it's a lot of fun going to those places. I went to went to Jerome too, but I haven't gotten Riley over to Jerome yet on the blog. Oh yeah, well, definitely. now that you're getting into it more, you know. Yes. Do more, <laughs> do more traveling. What happens to Riley at the oldest sane asylum, right? Exactly. So I've, I know. And then when we went, we, we always, every year we drive between Arizona and Wisconsin to see my family. And so we stop along the ways. And so like last year we went to, like we, we stopped somewhere in Nebraska that, that was haunted. And we, and in, uh, um, in Minnesota that was haunted. So yeah. So it's, it's fun to work that that's in a, as well. That's a long drive. Yeah. Yeah. It is a long drive. We we load up um, the, the car, the husband. The, do you guys the dog, do it like two days? Like two? You guys like spend two nights on, on your way there, or how long? How long does it take you to get to Wisconsin? Sometimes it's two nights, but a lot of times we'll do it in one night, like two days, one night. I mean, they're long days, but yes, we're we're road warriors. Right. 
Right. Michelle, what is next for you? So working, getting that third book done and launched <laughs> is really important. <laughs> so uh, that and and then, uh, yeah. So I, I guess that's probably that's probably the where a lot of my creative energy is sunk into. And then I've got ideas for the next series as well that I'm playing with. So I haven't quite, um, I haven't I haven't quite figured out. I've got about four different ideas that I haven't quite narrowed down as to which way, which way I'm going to go yet. So. But yes, the third book uh, in that series, hopefully by end of May, beginning of June. Good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. That's great. Listen, it was definitely a pleasure to have you on today. Um, is there anything that you would like to our audience to to know, a website to go to, where to get your books, how to get your books? So the, the fiction is mpwnovels.com, but you could also just go to michellepw.com, and that's got links, because if you're also interested in the business side of it, that's got links to the to the um, business books, to the business blog, and, into the, and also to the fiction. So I know I'm kind of building two very distinct brands, so it's been, that's, that part's been intriguing too. Yeah. Wow. What a great story, man. It's great to hear about your books and all your authors and um, the ghost adventure stuff. That was, that was fun times. I didn't See, I'm very realize intrigued you did that. Everything yeah. now, so. it, it's amazing. I'm, I'm ready to read some, yeah, some, yeah. some so, Michelle well, I'm PW books. Checking out, checking out your website and you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what the books are all about. So great job. Great job. Well, and thank listen, you. I, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And like I said, uh, it was wonderful to have you on the show today. Uh, I'm sure sometime in the future we can have you back on if you're up for it. Of course, absolutely. Cool, cool. All right, Ryan. Ladies and take gentlemen, us out. yes, thank you so much for tuning in to the Finding a Frequency radio show, voiceamerica.com on the world famous Variety Channel every Friday noon specific time. You can check out the new shows. We're uh, podcasts available on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, all the places where podcasts are available. You can check out ours. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, like it, share it, give us a little feedback. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We'll be bringing some more fantastic guests throughout 2019. We're excited. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. MichellePW.com and M pwnovels.com go check out those websites see what michelle's up to and of course uh, jeff spinard ryan treasure fighting your frequency we'll be back with you next week